Continue. Listen to Natty News. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Natty News, the nattiest news show in the world. My name is Amr the Nanny, and I am joined once again with my glorious host, Pat. And Pat, we have another movie star on Natty News. Like, I cannot believe this. We are, honestly, we're like an entertainment channel at this point. Pat, can you give the <laughs> honors of introducing our fabulous guest today? Absolutely. We're really lucky to have Ryan Booth on today with us. Um, Ryan has accumulated over 20 years of experience, not only in the personal training business, which is how I know him, but also in the acting industry, uh, working in Vancouver, BC. And uh, Ryan, we, the, the jokes, because last week we had um, we had Owen Chow on the show. I don't know if you know him, but he's, uh, I know uh, him. He, yeah, he's yeah. on the he's he's starting his journey to become an actor. He's not quite as big as you yet. So so he's got to catch up. Well, <laughs> I hope his goals are to be bigger than me. That's what I hope for that guy. Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, like we all we all got to start somewhere, and uh, um, like if I, I, I'm already like aware of the guy, so that's pretty cool. Might be from watching your podcast too. So, um, there you go. but yeah, uh, but I mean, like <clears throat> it's a it, it's it's a long road, and uh, we all just try to you know get get uh, uh, get as good as we can at it, and uh, if we're lucky, then we work but there's a lot of people who don't so if we're working that's kind of a good thing yeah yeah well, well yeah oh sorry to cut you off but uh but yeah like no one of the you know one of the reasons we brought you on was you know not only we're vaguely a fitness uh and health show but but I we like to vaguely i know you man you are not, it's not vague <laughs> well, what I do for work is is different from what I do outside of my regular day job. My day job, I'm very fitnessy, but here I like to kind of get out of that box too. Like, you know, neither me or Anwar will ever act. Um, I think. Uh, so you know, it's kind of really we're really interested to hear that side of the story, especially awesome. in the local local scene. You hear a lot about Hollywood, but you don't get to hear a lot into um into the scene here in Vancouver. Yeah, no, and it's really, really thriving, and we've really got a resource for um, uh, tremendous, uh, well-trained actors, and uh, a resource for um, unbelievable crews and uh, stunt performers here. Uh, you know what? Hold on one second here. I'm just going to turn off my air conditioner. Can you guys hear that? Just give me one second. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I couldn't hear it, but um, while you're doing either. that, to go over, so Ryan has been in some hit shows like Arrow, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Stargate Universe, iZombie, like you've been in some really popular shows in your time. I Yeah, man, I got really, really lucky. Uh, um, you know, the CW Network seems to uh, cast me from time to time, and uh, I, I just finished a couple of projects with uh, with Disney as well. Um, there's a, there's a movie that like a Halloween oriented movie that'll be coming out in, uh, probably October, uh, called under wraps. And, uh, there's a, another kid's series, um, about like a, an alien babysitter called Gabby Duran. I got a, I'm in an episode of that, uh, which should be coming up pretty soon. I'm, I'm kind of pumped for it. And, uh, yeah, I'm also in, uh. Uh, the new Peacemaker series on HBO. Is that, the, one of those. Is that the John Cena one? That's the one. That's the one. Uh, blink and you'll miss me, but I had a bunch of great like uh, moments that I'm really looking forward to seeing. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, well, I'll be looking to watch. I'll, I'll be looking out for you when I watch that. 
Right that on, is brother. so cool, man. Like, that's awesome. So I think the biggest question I want to ask is, so, like, what came first? So you're, all, you're a personal trainer, but were you first a movie star and then go to personal training for the side? Or do you do the personal training and that led you into a career in film? Like, how did it start out for you? Yeah, well, I was sitting around with Clooney and Damon, and they were like, Ryan, you need another job because, fuck, this is not going to be your thing. You know, and when Clooney and Damon tell you that it's not going to be your thing, you go and get another job. <clears throat> so I saw a help wanted sign at a gym and I signed up. <laughs> no, my, um, so for me, uh, the goal, like, the first time anybody asked me what I wanted to do, it was, uh, I told them that I wanted to be an actor. And uh, I grew up in Ottawa. In Ottawa, there's a high school for the performing arts. Um, so you have to audition for it and so on and so forth. And miraculously, I got in. And there was a, a, a great deal of talent that kind of came from there. Um, that's where I had my professional theatrical debut. And I guess my... <laughs> professional cameo TV on local TV channel thing called Teen Machine. Uh, I did it. Yeah. So I did some TV there. And then I went from uh, uh, high school. I went right into conservatory in Toronto, just right into theater school. Um, and then I was there for three years and then uh, graduated <clears throat> and like, had to eat <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah i was a bouncer for 10 years um put myself like went through school that way and then but you know when you don't want to be a bouncer anymore you, you kind of have to rely on the things that you knew and like all of my life sorry my puppy's over here all of my life my oh man, man. This is why Maya. <laughs> she ain't having it. <laughs> all, uh, all my life, everybody asked me about like training with weights. Do you know what I mean? Because like I was always in, I was in the weight club in high school, and uh, I took my like physicality very seriously through theater school. So whenever anybody had questions, they came to me and asked me stuff. By the end of theater school. By my third year, I was the facilitator for uh, actors warm up class. So every morning, like uh, very, very long days, like 12 hour days minimum. <clears throat> but every morning would start at uh, 6 a.m. with like uh, a breath meditation and movement uh, a, a class. Um, and by the third year, they gave the class over to me. <clears throat> and the guy who originally taught it, um, also taught, um, some like, I guess it was a form of Pilates at a local, like women's club and no digging. Hey, <laughs> Dogs. um, and he asked me to do that. And that was the start of my personal training, uh, career. Uh, I didn't last very long <laughs> in that particular place. Um, but one time I was like, I was working out at a gym um, and uh, the manager came up to me and he said, uh, I got too many clients and not enough trainers. I was like, yeah. He's like, will you be a trainer for me? I was like, yeah. He's like, great, start Monday. 
<laughs> I, I love how was... formal it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was 1997 for you. And uh, um, uh, they, they slammed me. I was working suddenly like 12 hours a day there. I went into burnout really, really quickly. And at one point, the same manager came up to me and he told me, uh, um, you know, you're going to have to get certified. And I was like, what's the easiest, cheapest, quickest way of doing that? He's like, there's a course this weekend. Be at it. I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I went and that was my first sort of uh, uh, certification. And um, like, I just turns out that I, that I loved it. I loved the theory. I loved everything. I love the fact that like, if I was learning something in a class, I was applying it that day with everyone. So my retention went through the roof. And when I was in high school, I actually had, um, uh, I had failed grade 10 biology so bad by November that if I got a hundred percent until uh, June, I wouldn't have passed the course. And I like, I failed out of like uh, grade 12 math was the highest that I got. And uh, yeah, so I was not sort of science oriented and numbers oriented at all. I relied exclusively on like uh, my acting to get me through <laughs> high school because it was a high school for the arts. Most of our credits were drama. And then we sort of filled in the blanks with like law and like family studies. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever was kind of easiest <clears throat> um and then so uh um so i'd kind of gone i'd done this like this switch over thing and then i got a job at a uh a, um, a, a very reputable local uh gym chain and they had very high requirements for certifications and that sort of started the process um and then eventually when i came to vancouver oh and i met some this is another thing about the 90s. In the 90s, you didn't really have to like have a degree for people to teach you things like active release. Like I was <laughs> like I actually I actually got certified in like active release and uh, this neurological treatment uh, 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 protocol um, in the 90s with no like degree. I wasn't a CSCS. I was nothing. They just would. Yeah, sure. They just never asked. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I'm sure they could qualify my intelligence, but uh, they just never asked for certifications. So, um, uh, or, or for uh, certificates or, you know, anything. So I just got, I, I was in there at the right time. I learned all of these things that I could really present value to my clients with, and it just snowballed. I, I was just sort of right place at the right time type thing. Um, which is great because when you're an actor, you're probably not making a living at just being an actor, um, unless you're Clooney and Damon. Those guys are assholes. <laughs> yeah, you're two friends. The ones who actually really got into personal training. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then like the bottom fell out of the acting industry in, in Toronto at that time um, because there was SARS. There's like, it wasn't a pandemic, but it was, what's the one that's like right below pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's the one. And like it, once it was in Toronto, like Toronto just shut down. And there was also a blackout in Toronto that year, which like forced everybody to like rethink their business plans in Toronto. And uh, um, there was the West Nile virus, which was actually a really, really big thing. All these things were driving like people, tourism and the film industry like out of town. 
So uh, it all sort of shut down. I had a friend who lived here in Vancouver, um, who's uh, a, a very good actor, and he had an acting class that he was teaching. He was like, come into Vancouver. I need a personal trainer. You can be my trainer and I'll, you can come to my acting classes and uh, we'll kind of barter it out that way. And I was like, great. So then I came here and uh, once again, got really lucky with some of the people that I met, uh, took a clinical exercise specialty and, um, uh, you know, got an agent and started the acting and building uh, reciprocal innervations, personal training and post-injury rehabilitation is what it was called. Long name. <laughs> I know. I've looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, I, on, a, on a total side note, I mean, the, the way I, I met Ryan was uh, I was working at this gym downtown's Groundworks when I was still working for a gym, and then they wanted coverage for this guy, Ryan. And then for these all these 6 a.m.s, and I was like, oh, my God. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked you up, and I found your website. Oh, nice. And it was a guy that barely looked like you on the website. Because okay. there, was no, there was, wasn't much of a beard. And I read the title. I was like, this is a very long name for, wow. for a company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then what I, yeah. I, like, I wanted to be smart. You know what I mean? I, was, <laughs> I wanted to seem like, I wanted to seem like I had put some thought into it. And, uh, you know, I went with like uh, sharing things, love, reciprocal inhibitions and stuff. And I was like, okay, well. <sighs> We're not an innovative company. We're an innovative company. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck, man. I really pulled out the stops for that stinker. <laughs> anyway, but th I did change it. If, if Hey, please come to my website, ryanbooth.ca. It looks like me now. <laughs> the guy's got a beard, I think. And uh, uh, it's just way easier to navigate. And plus, people can remember Ryan Booth. Try spelling reciprocal innervations. That one's tough. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? You, you live and you learn. When I made that website, I had no idea that there was going to be, uh, that the websites were going to be required. Like no one told me in theater school or personal training school, um, marketing. Marketing is going to be your probably your most important thing. And the website, uh, you know, is sort of key. But if you don't have somebody who's doing like, your search engine optimization and all that stuff, then you just kind of have a landing page where people can, I don't know, they can bookmark it and get in touch with you if they need to. That's what it boils down to, right? So um, uh, I think, yeah, I think like fixing that website was definitely key to um, establishing myself more in Vancouver. Well, that's amazing. And, you know, just the sheer amount of different stuff you've done, especially just like with training wise, like going from Toronto to Vancouver from getting your certifications and all of this stuff, like in your 25 years, how have you seen the fitness and training industry change? Like what are some, like what are some of the goods that change some of the bad things? Like how do you feel about the industry now? I mean, the industry is still full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> It was full of shit then. It's mostly people trying to pawn off bad ideas that sound good in theory. You know what I mean? We're going to give you this mask and you're going to go run on a treadmill and it's going to simulate training at altitude. Well, no, it doesn't do that. That's not how it works. 
<laughs> you're actually just making it harder to breathe and not reducing the amount of oxygen in the air, right? And like how many of these like products are out there? Like I'm, I'm astounded daily. I saw one on Facebook yesterday and it's a cupping, it's a gun for uh do you know cupping like it's a therapy for yeah. like person uh like uh, uh physical mm -hmm. trainers will use it yeah. uh and what it does is like they they suck air out of a cup that's in contact with your skin and it yeah. sucks like a hickey onto your skin and <sighs> all right whatever their claims are aside uh <laughs> if you're going to have these like progressional hickeys placed on your body, wouldn't you want that done by like someone who at least understood like anatomy? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think that you should be doing this for yourself. So this is just uh, one of the examples of the, uh, the craziness that's, that's out there. And it's just way easier to package and sell junk ideas. And it always has been. You know, like there was like back then we were reading muscle mags, muscle mag and muscle and fitness magazine. Like uh, we used to call it muscle and fiction. And they sold all those <laughs> crappy like uh, 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 tools as well. And, but now it's just like every time you open your phone, it's like there's like, oh, you need to buy this. And you need to buy that. And this thing. And uh, here's my treatment process that. NKT and everything, you know, it's just like, it, it's all about like, um, uh, making it easier for people. And that kind of sucks because like you, you have to be able to integrate, um, forms of strength training into your life, but sometimes that's gonna just be hard you know and people want to think that it's going to oh i'm going to i'm going to take <clears throat> i'm going to eat this moss that comes from a tree in northern bc and it's going to make my life uh, way easier or whatever you know we had hydroxy cut <laughs> we had ephedrine and caffeine you know what i mean they take this you'll get skinnier boom we did uh some people died though so might not have been so like the, the business has kind of like always been you know full of shit and i resented it um then and i kind of well obviously still resent it but what we have as fitness professionals is the opportunity and this is kind of how i hold myself is the, the opportunity to be the embracing membrane between uh the research and the the debilitated client mm -hmm. um so um that sounds wonderful and noble and everything, but it's really hard to sell. The truth is really, really hard to sell. It's just not really like uh, uh, glamorous and sexy, you know? It's like, well, you have to show up. You have to show up every week. You have to lift these weights and they get pretty heavy. So see you next week. <laughs> Like, I guess that's pretty much what I do, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, man, I, I loved your answer because I feel like uh, um, I feel that fitness industry is such a fake and harmful industry selling pills, selling dreams, um, 
kind of going against people's insecurities to market to them but like lifting and exercise is such a huge part of life like being able to be fit exercise move around is one of the best things about living but then the fitness industry kind of puts a boundary on it where it's like oh you want to be healthy then you have to do x y and z things if you can't do x y and z things you can't buy this product then you're not going to be fit and healthy and then it creates a wall where people don't think they can and like i mean i think you can agree it's e like getting fit is kind of easy you just go to the gym you do the work you eat healthy and you're good to go that's all you really need to do but then it gets overcomplicated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I totally agree that people will overcomplicate it like instantly. But we're also working like I don't know, like Pat. Maybe I don't know where you are on this, but like we're living in a world where like people, when they hear the word fitness, what they think is abs, like, <laughs> and um, uh, they don't actually think about like what we're actually dealing with, which is like being able to be responsible for yourself in a particular situation, right? Um, so they're, because they're thinking abs and those girls on CrossFit have abs, I'll, I'll, go, and, I'll go and do that. And then exactly. like, you know, injury rates and all that stuff, and uh, all those things kind of go up, right? Nobody's actually trying to get better at a thing. Everyone's just trying to work harder and eat less. And I, I think that like the numbers pretty conclusively show that it's not uh, <laughs> that that's that's an abject sort of failure, you know, mm-hmm. eating less <clears throat> while training more and creating all those extra deficits results in further weight gain down the road. Right. So um, uh, we kind of I think this is another thing that we get to do as fitness professionals, and that's kind of flip the script a little bit, you know, and have people kind of take a step back from going out and running four miles a day, you know, to like, we can, we can kind of, we can kind of hold them back and like hold, hold them back from doing that in favor of being able to continue doing it later on so that they're not injured. So they're not uh, creating these massive deficits, which cause hormonal upheaval, which causes a lack of uh, uh, enthusiasm for the sport, whatever it is that they're doing. And then uh, they just wind up not doing it for nine months of the year, right? What we get to do is keep people doing it 12 months a year, just to varying degrees. Right. And I don't think that there's a product out there that does that. That's my personal position on it. I I really don't think that like I'm 48, man, I've tried everything. Like (laughs) I've tried, like I destroyed my adrenal glands with ephedrine in my twenties. That worked, but it turns out you're on steroids. And then, um, uh, like all the creatine, all the glutamine, and then like to the blood tests, I've done every single imaginable form of diet as a lab rat on myself. Um, uh, and like, I can honestly say that like, if you, unless you're deficient in a particular thing, like going to taking that thing is in your best interest for sure. But like to to just say oh we have the thing that's going to make everybody uh you know 10 foot tall and bulletproof there it is that just doesn't exist you know how could it yeah like everybody's biological requirements are completely different 
what you know if i take creatine now i just become a giant fat guy not saying that fat is bad but like my i, I get bloat face and all that stuff you know what i mean and it's like what's the point of that um yeah but for some people for like a power lifter or whatever then that's you know it it will work it will work as long as you're working in the right sort of energy systems yeah. bodybuilder bodybuilder more than power lifter no, those are some great points. You were mentioning kind of the longevity aspect of it, of like the idea of the runner not running four miles every day, but running year long instead of getting injured and have to holding back. And I think one of the big things I've kind of learned maturing in my lifting career is maybe hold back a bit. Like b- me and Pat, we can talk about this. When we were in high school, we would go to the gym and be like, okay, we're just going to keep lifting until we can't. Like we're just going right. to keep on going as hard as possible until we can't. And- I did that too. Suicide yeah. squats. Do you remember yeah. those? Oh my god! <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was just literally. I, looking back, I was like, we were so dumb. Like that was such a stupid thing to for us to do. And um, I'm kind of curious. In your years of training, how has your training evolved? Like, where did you start off, and where? What do you think now? What do you believe in training now? Um. So, <laughs> well. <we're>, okay. <laughs> so for my. Uh, tw- <laughs> 10th birthday, I got a, a, a bench that could extend to a squat rack. It was one of those weeder things with the, oh, the plastic man. wrap and uh, uh, the, the sand filled. Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah. Well, eh, not great. You kind of had to duck down for the squats, you know what I mean? And then like get it up in a position and stuff. And there was like, there was a, it came with like one page of like the four exercises that you could do. Cause it had like a quad extender and like a calf curl type thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like calf curl. Well, <laughs> hamstring curl, but like the things on a weird arc. So it's all calf. Um, and uh, uh, we set it up in a room in my house outside of Ottawa. And that's where I started. And I was just like, okay, how many of these could I, I had? Like, I literally, I was 10 and had no idea. My dad had no idea about these things. Like, nobody really did. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just do like as many as I can. That's exactly what I thought. And then I thought the next day I'd be able to do more. Was I? <laughs> Sometimes. Sure sometimes. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> the next day I was like doing less. I had no idea about rest intervals. I had no idea about energy systems. I had no idea. And most people don't. And God bless them. It shouldn't really matter. Right. Um, but as like I uh, progressed, I started talking to people. Um, there was a weight uh, club at my high school and my junior high school. And um, uh, I, I went in there. And there was one big guy who was in like uh, grade 12. He was like on the wrestling team and the football team. And uh, I just started, and it was this universal. It was like one of those universal gyms that you, like you go around and like it's got a bench press and a chin up bar and uh, these things for pushing uh, for, for shoulder press, uh, which I suppose you could kind of squat with a little bit. And like it had the lower pulleys and all that stuff. So you could kind of do like some kind of like deadlifty type thing. I just did what that guy did. Um, and you know, it, it started to work. Um, and then I got interested in the muscle mag, the men's fitness, the men's health magazines and all that. I wasn't interested in men's health. I was interested in like the jacked Olympians who were like going out and destroying like the world. 
Uh, and so I'd read those magazines to glean what they did, right? And they had these routines that they'd post and it was like way too much, but I'd go and I'd do it anyways. And then people started asking me about it by the end of high school. I was on the you know, rugby team and I was on the weight club. And um, uh, so every like, every, every afternoon we were in the, um, we're in the thing, just pressing, you know what I mean? Do, just doing bench or just squatting or whatever before like before i actually realized what i was doing i was laying the groundwork for the thing that was the most important and this is what like what you guys did you know what i mean you get under a bench press and you do as many as you can and then you stop and then can you see if you get better sort of the next day but that's not the important thing the important thing is that you have a team of like like-minded humans who are interested in the same thing and you guys are out there and you're doing it like that to me is amazing and i realized soon that i had attracted that into my life too like I, me and my friends would go out when we were like 16 we'd go out to um uh bars and stuff but before we did we all met at my friend's house and we had a lift and we probably didn't know what we were doing we probably didn't but we did anyways and we were like you know bigger than most of the guys like in our like age you know what i mean so like we were doing something right by reading those books i had a i had a saying in my early personal training days uh, uh when in doubt do what arnie did <laughs> right so we had like the encyclopedia of bodybuilding and we just like yeah. kind of go through that and most of that's wrong right but we did it anyways and uh um you know whatever and then <clears throat> Um, in the nineties, Poliquin principles came out yeah. and that started to really like, uh, um, engage with some of the research, uh, and it changed some people's, um, uh, perception of like what you could do and where you could go with the same bars and the same plates and so on and so forth. Um, again, I don't know if much of it holds up anymore it probably does maybe it does um but certainly there, there aren't a lot of people running those progressions anymore um and uh uh but it was like it was an interesting sort of start and then like poliquin one of the things that like i followed him for years and he was kind of instrumental in bumping up the uh uh, uh, uh the internet the the web the use of the interweb <laughs> like he just had the he just had like such a big following um <clears throat> and he was always like posting stuff and he was like a dynamic personality and that kind of thing and uh so everyone just started like um uh trying to uh uh pattern their work after after his uh, and then all the other wonderful research that's been done and there's so many great strength and conditioning uh, um, uh, uh, coaches out there who have sort of changed the world, you know, from like um, Ben Johnson's coach, Charlie Francis, my God, man, like he popularized, uh, um, he, he basically popularized periodizations in, in North America and that changed everything and uh you know dave tate and john uh, dan john like there's just so, so many great there's just so many great people out there who base their 
um, uh, their philosophies on actual like research and they're getting such great sort of great results. So <clears throat> um, I started doing everything <laughs> and then I went to doing a few things here and there. Uh, and now I'm like focused on like one specific thing sort of at a time. Um, and, uh, and, and that's sort of been my evolution right now. Uh, I, 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 I try not to get like too fancy with my programming. Um, but I also, I'm an actor, which makes me a dreamer, which means that I can basically like think that I am at the age of 48, I'm going to become a like professional sprinter and uh, win powerlifting meets at the same time. You know what I mean? So I kind of like, I kind of dance on the line of like uh, um, trying to achieve as much strength as I possibly can and trying to be fast as hell. Uh, and that results in injury <laughs> more often than not. Uh, but you know, I keep trying, I'll push the boundaries for me anyways. I won't do it for my clients. So. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, I, I follow, I mean, seeing your, your sprinting diaries is one of my, uh, lockdown highlights. I'm not even exaggerating about that. I watched <laughs> a lot of videos. You saw me comment on them. It's, I, I, just, I just think it's, I mean, you know, injury or not injuries happen, but I think, you know, I see your approach nowadays. You're at least thoughtful about it. Like, you're thinking about the volume you're putting on yourself. You're thinking about things normal people wouldn't think of where, you know, where some random guy would be like, okay, let's follow Andre DeGrasse's sprinting program. You're, you recognize your age, you're like a 300 pound tank. You recognize those things. And then you, you keep that in account when you, when you make a sprinting wrong. program, right? Like we're 30 <laughs> meters, we're 30 meters and five minutes rest would be easier for someone who's half your weight. Like, you would recognize that, hey, that's something that's challenging for me, and like, you know, you you do it in an intelligent way, and and I mean, that's that's one of the things I really respect about your programming. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you very much. Um, I I gotta tell you, that's not me. That's Ocho. That's my coach. He's uh um he, he's he's a savant, <laughs> and I don't know, like. Hmm. I haven't talked to him in a while. So he's he's a coach at a um, uh, at a at a school, uh, and I, so I, I I can't use his real name. I don't think, but um, a good friend of mine uh, totally changed the way that I approach my training, and because oh. because um, he's like he's just one of those guys who's like a he was a disciple of. Charlie Francis and uh, um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, anyways, it'll come to me. Um, and so, long story short, he did all the work and kind of turned me on to the books to read. Uh, and so, by the time uh, I was ready to like absorb the information, it was just like it, it just came really, really easily for me, you know. And but it's. It, it, thank God I met him because otherwise my volumes would be way too high. I'd be way more injured and you just don't have to do that. Like, especially when yeah. you're 48. So tell all the 48 year olds, you know, out there, it's fine to keep your volume to a hundred meters or less when you are doing sprints, just fine. <laughs> 
and yeah. you will get and, faster. And, and low in lifts too. Like I don't think you have to do twenty sets either. No, you don't. Uh, exactly. I'm I'm feeling like you know like a, a buddy of mine just won the uh, uh, powerlifting meet by setting um, plus forty five year old uh, records in all of the lifts. I think second overall first in his age class and um like he and i were talking and agree like triples we we do we do triples maybe six maybe eight sets if you you're really really like in the thralls of it try and leave yourself like as neurologically charged as you can and then walk away you know what i mean i think i honestly think that people would laugh if they saw how i train because like yeah, yeah. i'll put i'll put weight on a bar and like you know if i have to warm up i warm up but honestly like if i can just go to the bar and start right away i will but if there's something going on like i blew out my knee because my fucking belt died on me six weeks ago uh and uh, so i've been rehabbing a, a torn meniscus but if i can like if i can just go and squat i'll just go and squat or if i can just go and deadlift i'll just go and deadlift because like the addition of all of these ex accessory uh, warm-up uh, 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 moves just wipes me out. <laughs> and so people are like, well, how can you be this fit? And how can you be like strong? And I'm like, well, that's, that's how you do it. Like, even if you were young, that'd be how you do it, right? Um, you, you might be able to do more reps, right? And you'd have that advantage. But um, uh, really, the less the better. Do as little as you can for maximum reward and uh, become a detective in your own physiology because that's not always going to result in strength gains. And sometimes it's going to result in lots of strength gains that you don't understand. Man, you need to put that on your website. You're a detective. <laughs> in our physiology that's actually that's honestly like a actually a very interesting and true way to go about it a lot of i think a lot of personal training clients and people who exercise aren't very curious about the process like they have no idea what weight we're loading for them and and i'm like do you have an idea what like what this exercise does They're like no i'm like why did you do 10 reps They're like i don't know like so i i think when people start thinking about it um you know, no digging like exercise like you know you'll get better results just by thinking about it and like thinking about how did the workout go? How am I responding? How can we yep. improve? You don't have yep. to be a formal scientist to do some of those things. No, 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 you don't. And a lot of, a lot of it is just seeing what works for, for you. And that's like pretty, it, it, it's, it's uh, uh, pretty basic stuff. I mean, you want to, you have to listen to yourself. Right. But a lot of this also comes from like experience. So yeah. you will like, when you first start, if you do too much, you're just going to be like too sore to proceed. So, Perfect. There's a built-in sort of fail-safe, but that's not there, uh, um, you know, when you're intermediate, when you're advanced, and so on. Like you just don't get sore the way you used to. Something breaks, <laughs> or like, um, uh, or you just do too much, and you never like, you, you never achieve super compensation, or. Or, or what have you, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of it is about staying within yourself and being as observant as you can. Um, and I'd love to say that there's one protocol that works for everybody, but I just haven't seen it yet. So if you see it, uh, copy me. 
Hell no. Send, send it on over. <laughs> help. <laughs> I need your well, help think, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think another thing too is when people get into training, I feel like sometimes people don't also know their goal. Like I remember one time I was training with a friend and he started doing like sets of 20 of bicep curls. And I was like, oh, why are you doing that? Like that's the first thing he does getting in the gym. Like I was like, oh, I want to get stronger. And I was like, that's not really gonna help you and he's like no yeah i, I saw it in like a video before it's like that's I, first of all that's not gonna give you much strength gain to it you're gonna probably get like a massive arm pump but that's it and so i kind of feel like it does come with what someone's goal is when they go to the gym yeah you know um i think like i think most people if you were to like if you were to ask them like if, if you were to ask them how do i how do i lose 10 pounds like we were talking about before, like they're, they're going to think like cardio run four miles a day. I think if you, they're, they're, you're going to talk to them about like getting stronger, they're going to say like reps and reps and reps, do you know what I mean? And uh, we, we gotta, we, we have an opportunity here to like, um, uh, uh, you know, be teachers and be leaders in in our industry, and uh, um, you know that guy is there and he's doing it. And let me tell you something: that's way better than me most days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he got there and he's doing it. I remember seeing guys in. Uh, I remember seeing guys in the gym who just oh shit, no <laughs> worries. So we're good now. Oh, some too. good natty fuel. No, but, but you're definitely right. Like showing up is really the hardest thing. Like once you show right? up, that's the big thing. Yeah, it's 80% of it, someone said. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. And there have been days when I've gone to the gym and I've like just been like a puddle of just can't do it. Like you just feel like uh, it's a mistake. Just the idea of warming up to something is just too much to handle. And yeah. I've kind of like, turned around and left but patted myself on the back for actually having gotten to the gym in the first place and i know that sounds weird <laughs> Wait, I've been, okay so i've been working i'm 48 right now i started working when i was working out when i was 10 so that's like 38 years of working out and i'm finally okay with like leaving the gym upon arrival because you just don't have it you know mm -hmm. live to fight another day type thing that's important stuff Right. Uh, and, but it is like, it is the showing up that, that is the thing. And I'll tell my clients like, <clears throat> this isn't a hundred percent true, but like I say, you got about a week. If you're going to use strength training as your vehicle for fitness, I hate that word. Um, you got about a week after you've done it to, you know, before you start losing, uh, the strength. And, uh, so I try to make it very clear to everybody that like, you don't have to do it with me, but you do got to get to a gym and you do have to repeat these movements, uh, under the loads that, uh, you know, maybe I direct or maybe you direct or whatever, but you have to do it. We need the consistency. And uh, um, uh, if you're not willing to do that, then this isn't the type of training for you. We have to find something else. You know, we have to find something else that you like to be good at. Gardening, great. Let's do that. You know, you want to you you go for walks? Perfect. 
we'll show you how to do that. Whatever it is that integrates the strength training into your day, we can do, um, but you have to be willing to get better at it. And that's going to require you show up and you show up with consistency. And I don't think it's too much to ask because I honestly believe um, that my dog is digging. I honestly <laughs> believe, God, you know, I just don't want her to ever do anything that a man tells her. So it's fine. She disobeys me. Um, I honestly believe that, like, human beings will choose, um, uh, like, action. Like, consciousness chooses action as a form of, like, protection to create, I hate this word, fitness for survival, right? Um, so I believe that we're all human beings, and on that level, we will choose the action um, because it makes us feel good, you know? Um, but there's so many confounding factors that have to do with uh, environment, lifestyle, hormones, uh, toxins that enter the skin through every which way that uh, it, we're, we're all placed at a sudden disadvantage, you know? So we have to find the way to create that movement um, for people who, who can't quite do it yet. And I don't know how we're going to do that. Like I've tried that and failed so many times. It's not funny. Like somebody comes up and like, look, I know I'm supposed to work out, but like, I, I just, I just can't, like, I honestly, like, I can't, like, I'm, I'm too busy at work and so on and so forth. But like, I know that this is something that I have to do. Right. And I'm like, okay. And the only thing that I like that I, that I can arrive at as a thing to try is like, let's try doing way less than you've ever done before. You know, yep. let's say that it's absolutely fine to get on a treadmill and run for three seconds and not fast. Let's do that and see how it goes. It was okay. All right. So now let's rest for 30 seconds and let's do three seconds again. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. Do you know what I mean? And then the next time they're coming in for uh, session number two, they're like, you know what? Like I had to run for the bus this morning and I ran for the first time in my life. Thank you. And I'm like, well, great. Do you know what I mean? Great. You know what I mean? We're doing something here, you know? But there might be people out there who are like, yeah, three seconds sucks and they just never come back or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, you gotta have to play the room. I, I love that. Know. That's uh, you know, what's really funny, Brian is well, I think when people think of personal trainers, especially like the good ones that maybe me and you are, as they say, um, well, they you think, are, you, know, you know, they think there's a lot of like book reading and science and there is, and they, but I think a lot of people think there's some like fancy scientific testing and programming. A lot of it is literally stuff like that. Like you can't do this workout. Okay. Let's start with something. Eight things don't work. Five things do work. And then next session, 10 other things don't work. And you kind of just have to like, you know, do that and then keep them coming back. You know, if people uh, come back. It will keep us employed, but it also really they need to keep coming back and that really sets the routine just by showing up that's infinitely better than than not showing up for workout at all and just like you know just going home after work so um yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, like it's in, it's in their best interest. Like it, as an example of like, if somebody's coming to me, some, I have people who come to me that got, um, uh, you know, back issues or shoulder issues or whatever, do you know what I mean? And like, so uh, like, I'll try to talk them through the process of what it is that I'm discovering in my assessment and the reason why I want them to do this particular movement and how often yeah. I want them to do it. Right. And so then I'll say no digging. <laughs> so then I'll send them away and be like, okay, so look, here's the thing. Like we just need to see if this works over the next little while. So go and do this at these volumes and at these intervals that I prescribe. And like, we'll see if it helps great. We're on the right track. You come back, we'll take the next step. If it's not helping, stop paying me because I don't want to take your money for, you know, for, for, for messing up too bad. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes to, um, you know, fitness or whatever. But in that case, I try to get people really, really specific about what their goals are. I want to know right down to the minuscule detail what it is they want to get good at. Because if we don't have something that you're getting good at, something that's actionable, you're you're doomed. If you're just yep. showing up and doing DUP, DUP, yeah. If you're just show, showing up doing DUP every day, daily undulating period of the, yeah, DUP, uh, you're you're doomed. Great, it'll work for six weeks or months or whatever, you know what I mean. But like eventually, you don't have like anything you don't have any like uh, uh, you know, goal and goal in mind. You're just kind of in this nebulous space. So you either get the results or you don't, and then you stop or you slow down and then you go back to the old habits and so on and so forth. Right. And then you stop going. Right. And that's just what we were, you, just what you just said. It's like, I, I'll either hurt myself, lose enthusiasm for it because I'm training too hard and not getting the results or I'll, um, you know, lose enthusiasm because I've destroyed my hormones or, or whatever. Right. Dude, you guys keep chucking me out of this broadcast. We have not done a single thing. I, I'm going to blame the dog. I think the dog might have been cutting some stuff out. <laughs> it's your fault. Your fault. No, it's all good. All good, man. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know. It's, maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's iPhones idea of a joke maybe oh, yeah Fuck, man seriously <laughs> i can hear you though that's the thing okay well, let me try this maybe i'm just really bad at this maybe i'm just god's way of telling me not to do any more podcasts <laughs> hey podcasts are like a hard thing now it might be good for you i know I and like who knew that there would be podcasts in 1996 right like yeah <laughs> there was like there was letters to the editor uh, for like M muscle mag international <laughs> that's that's basically what hey uh Stu, what do you think of this <laughs> will this help me get girls literally but now like what's so great is like you got like these like, like this there is this platform for uh like getting out reaching audiences and creating like a brand and if i may flavor that is like you know exclusive to you and i think that's so freaking cool you know um i just do not have the energy as a 48 year old man with add to ever think about making one myself so i appreciate you guys uh asking me on here 
No well, speaking worries. about your energy, we've talked a lot about personal training, right. but we haven't dove too much into your acting bit. So I, we definitely want to talk a little bit about that now. Mm. So, you know, you've, you've been on a lot of shows, um, I, and, and you're a trainer. So what I'm really interested in is how does your day to day kind of look like to the average person? It kind of sounds like it's extremely overwhelming to be a pre personal trainer and somehow get to your acting gig and get all that done in a day. Yeah, I mean I used to do all that, but I can't anymore. Now I just like I, if if I if I'm booked on a show, I'll I'll uh, refer clients to uh, to to another trainer. I'll just have like I, I just give myself that that peace of mind cuz when you're on set <clears throat> you, you get okay, so how it works is you get a call from the second AD the night before that tells you what your call time is. So you could get a phone call at 10 p.m. saying that you have to be in White Rock at 4 a.m. for your call, right? Um, so you, your time really isn't your own. And um, if your call time is like, <clears throat> it's in Alder Grove and it's 11 a.m., they could easily call you at 9 a.m. and say, uh, can you get here sooner? We're really pounding through these scenes here quick and yours is coming up. You know what I mean? So when you have a day that's booked on set um, uh, or more, I'll always take more. Um, it, it's just important that I just like not do the, uh, the training thing because I'm not going to be good to my clients and I might have to like excuse me, do a last minute, uh, bail on them. And, um, and I just, I don't feel good about doing that. So I'll just refer them to, if, if they want to work with another trainer who will run my programs, <clears throat> then I'll do that. If not, um, we just, we just defer and write it into, um, uh, make up for it when, when I'm, when I'm back at it. Um, so you get that call, you hope that you go to sleep, you wake up, you make coffee, you get in car and you drive to a circus where you meet up with circuses, like where all the trailers and shit are. And they, um, uh, there's a, there's an assistant director there who meets you and is very, very polite to you and asks you if you want coffee, you say yes. And then they show you to your uh, trailer um, where your wardrobe is. And then you get in your wardrobe and go to hair and makeup. Sometimes that's a long process. Like I, when I was on Gabby Duran, my makeup was like four hours. So uh, it, it took, it, it took, that's why I'm saying like they, they want you there at 4 a.m. They want you there at 4 a.m. Um, uh, and uh so now you're in makeup and you're painted green and um, uh, you're sitting in your trailer waiting for everything to kind of rev up. Um, and you just kind of like going over all of your, just kind of going over all your things, your lines. Am I prepared for this? Am I just ready to like hit my mark and uh, say what I need to in the right kind of, in the right kind of way. Um, and then they'll call you to set or they won't, it will sometimes happen that they get delayed and then, you know, you got to do the same thing tomorrow, uh, all over again. Um, or, or they'll call you to set and then you'll go and you'll just, you, you're just kind of, you're just kind of running it. Um, 
every time I say you're running it, but you got to live. Do you know what I mean? You're trying to like create, you're going to your mark to live, to create, to, 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 to tell, to tell this story about this person who is alive. And, uh, um, so you, uh, <laughs> when they finally say, okay, we got it. Um, they'll, they'll be, they'll say something like check the gate. And that's when you know that like, um, they're ready to move on from that scene. You'll shoot all the other scenes that you need to do. And by the end of it, you're kind of the same kind of mess that you are after uh, a lift meet. You know that, like, you know that level of fried where you're just like, I don't know if I'm really going to be able to get out of my car and make it to the shower. You know, you're just that fried because, you know, there's hundreds of people there there's three to five cameras they're all on you you have to look like there's no cameras on you and you know kind of kind of be good so uh it's 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 a lot of stress um and uh yeah and then you're going back the next day to kind of do the whole thing again so from that point of view the, you're, you're just, it's not, a, it's not a good thing to have to leave there and go train clients. I have done it. It's just not fun. <clears throat> and then, um, uh, there's something, uh, that kind of happens to you afterwards. Like when you're in a lift meet, meet believe it or not, where like for days after you kind of feel like you're walking around in a fog, um, because you've done like so much, yeah. like it, it's been so much effort. So go, go, go. Um, that, uh, uh, and so many people depending on you, um, that you just kind of feel like washed out for, for a little while. I call it set lag. Um, it kind of feels like jet lag. You're just constantly tired. And then, uh, yeah. And now on those days, that's when I'm in the gym. Cause fortunately, like if I'm a trainer, I don't have to do too much. Um, besides like move some weights around for people or whatever, but, um, yeah, uh, balancing the two is like I'm just really, really lucky um, that I have a, a career where there uh, people are okay with me, like taking you know a week or two off and going to shoot this thing. You know, um, it, it wouldn't be the same if I was a server in a restaurant. It's like you can get shifts covered, but sooner or later it's going to catch up to you. Uh, but I've been lucky enough to build a successful business in town with people who all understand that I am an actor and that might pull me away. They all kind of think it's neat uh, and are always like interested in like, you know, hey, how was the audition? So on and so forth. Um, and uh, from time to time, it's fine for them to have a week off from from the gym. It's probably in their best interests anyways, you know, so it's a it, it can be a good break for them and for me it's just like someone's i don't know my dog sees her best friend outside so now it's over anyway uh yeah so like i'm lucky that i can that i can do these things and then everybody seems to understand you know if i was a coach if i was a uh, um working with a sports team or something like that i wouldn't i don't think i'd be able to do this so yeah lucky to go Very back cool. to like the whole yeah. career and acting what's been like your favorite role because i was on your imdb and it's just like it just doesn't end i just keep scrolling so what's the what's your favorite role what one stands out um 
Man, okay, this is kind of a tough one. It's like um, I started getting roles that were like, like that were pretty good about like seven years ago or something like that. And uh, I remember the first one that I did, like uh, it was Supernatural, and I was, I was playing a um, a werewolf, and uh, my character was a werewolf. Uh, which, by the way, like it's never a good idea to pick fights with supernatural beings on TV. Um, but uh, I did this. I did this part, and it was more days than I had ever had on a show before, and it was more interactions with the director and so on and so forth. I was actually like uh, a creative, able to be a creative influence. So that was the first one that was supernatural. I was super happy about that. Um, but like the, there was this. This one show, uh, Arrow, that I uh, that I was on, and uh, um, it was just such a special experience. I had this great, like this great director, who everybody loves, and uh, um, he's like a former stunt man. Um, and he and I just had a great sort of rapport together. Um, and uh, you know, we're in front of two hundred people who shooting this. Pri I'm a prison guard. And uh, uh, we're shooting this, this scene in the prison and uh, uh, everything gets quiet when the director says, okay, uh, uh, rolling. And then you wait, right? Cause you're waiting for and action and then you go. And uh, he goes rolling and everything gets quiet. And he goes, Ryan was born for this part, action. <laughs> and I was like, Right on. This is great. This is great. You know what I mean? I'm really, I'm super happy. I'm in a guest star on a hit TV show. And, uh, um, like I can, I can do no wrong with this director, with this director. And, uh, it, it was just a lot of like, uh, heavy, heavy elation from having spent 30 years struggling as an actor. Um, I still struggle. Like I'm unemployed right now. If anybody has a job for me, I'll take it. <laughs> There's irons, irons in the fire. I'm hoping someone will see this and give me a job. <laughs> we wish we were that big. We'd love Just to help you out any way we can. <laughs> you know, I wish yeah. there was a famous director on here to give you a job. I would love that. <laughs> right? Me too. Maybe um, there will be. Maybe there will be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say like um that era role, like I was searching it up and there's actually like a whole fan Wikipedia page of you. And I was kind of thinking like I used to um I used to work at some bars in downtown and we used to get um some of the cast from the Vikings TV show. They would come by oh, and like cool. People would recognize them a lot. Like they would always come by and be like, "Hey, you, you on that show and stuff." And um, I was wondering with you, like, do you ever get like clients or anything? I was like, I know you. Like, I've seen you before. Like, how often uh, does that happen? I mean, not not really that often. It has happened more lately, where people, um, uh, yeah, I actually got a a message from uh. A, somebody who would become a, a very regular client saying, uh, I saw you on, uh, Stargate. <laughs> I, I saw you on Stargate. I need a trainer type thing. <laughs> I thought it was, was kind of neat. And then the story is, um, her, her dad 
absolutely loves Stargate. He's the fan of all of it. And I was in all three uh, um, incantations of it. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like for, for her to say, oh, yeah, my trainer is that guy in Stargate. It was, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I also do train some actors and I train some like people who are in production and stuff. And then the last thing we ever want to do is talk about work. So yeah, yeah it just kind of feels like it's a, uh, yeah. People, people aren't like pounding down my door because, Hey, you were York on arrow <laughs> or, you know, whatever. But, uh, um, uh, at the same time, like, you know, it's, I, I think it's kind of neat whenever anybody is like, uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Like I did a bunch of commercials. I, I watched all eight seasons of Arrow, so nice. So uh, I, I think it was. I think it's super awesome that you were on that show. I was pretty into it when it was in its prime. It, it, it dropped off at the end, but it was, it was a good show. I heard, I heard. I never really watched it to be honest with you until, uh, um, until I was auditioning for it. Then you try to get a feel for like what the show is, so you watch a bunch of episodes. The first, I, th I thought it was super compelling at, at first, and, um, you know, but I wasn't able to uh, just watch all of it. You get an idea of what's, you know, you get an idea of what's uh, uh, what the feel for the show is, and then uh, uh, then you stick to the script. Bit. And these things change, you know, like my wife and I are into uh, Homeland um, right now. And it's like a completely different show. This this the season that we're on is just like I think we're on season four or something. It's like, oh, we're kind of losing kind of losing track a little bit here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I think the shows run the risk of doing that if they're not constantly like uh, staying edgy and fresh with like the, the, the thing that like the thing that uh brought the audience there in the first place yeah. like game of thrones yeah what the hell happened there why <laughs> why anything in that show yeah i mean i'm a believer uh, that like no show needs to be longer than five seasons like i think five seasons should be the maximum of any tv show sure yeah 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 you know i mean i have a friend who's a producer and he was like you know we write three seasons yeah. um and uh um if if it's a hit then they ask you to expand and that's why you get stinking episodes like that fly episode and breaking bad like what the fuck was that <laughs> it's like you're just chasing a fly around your meth lab why oh oh but it's art i guess i guess it's yeah <laughs> oh man um so one kind of if anyone I'm... from breaking bad is watching i'm very sorry i don't i, I love the show it was great if anyone from Breaking Bad is watching, please let us know. We'd love to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're well, welcome. Um, I got to ask, too, about, like, for any young aspiring actors, because, like, in Vancouver, you know, everyone wants to get into showbiz here. Like, it's yeah. basically the Canadian Hollywood. What advice would you give to anyone who wants to get into it? Um, okay. Uh you know, I've been asked this before, and I don't want to give you like the stock answer. You got to understand that this is going to be hard. There's lots and lots of people who are trying and are really, really 
good. They've dedicated their lives to it and not able to sort of make a, a living. So if you're lucky enough to get the audition and you're lucky enough to book the part, you're kind of taking a job away from those guys. That said, <clears throat> um, if it is your love, you will have to love it you have to do it you just don't have a choice and um uh because it is such a fulfilling wonderful engaging career in life and um if that is the case then you're going to need something that we have already talked about you are going to need to show up you're going to need to show up with consistency and you are going to need to practice and you have to do that regularly. And if you don't love doing those things, it's not likely that you're going to be able to withstand the amount of times that they say, not this time. You know what I mean? The amount of time, the sheer volume of rejection, uh, the only thing that you can lean on is that thing that's in your brain that says, no, fuck, I'm good. I can do this this is something that I have. This is, this is, this is something that I can give, you know what I mean? Um, which is kind of the exact same thing as strength training and powerlifting. You know what I mean? You have to get there. You have to show up. If you don't love it, you, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think you can be taught to love it, you know? And, uh, so that's it. Love it and get out there and, uh, uh do it. Take classes, um, and see if you can continue that love, right? Uh, even when you're bad, you know, and you'll probably be bad for the first little while anyways. So uh, don't be afraid of being bad because <laughs> being bad doesn't matter. Being bad actually makes you way better in the future. Yeah. Just like powerlifting, just like strength training, you know, like get out and practice. Um, and if you can do that, then yeah, man, this guy could be the limit. I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the limit is for me. Like I've, I've just been lucky enough to do it a little bit. Well, I've, I've got, um, you know, I've got a, a good question here. It's you know, me, me, Anwar, and and pretty much everyone watching the show except the Breaking Bad guy will never be an actor, um, and will never, you know, because it really, it really sounds like it's it's a very tough gig. You know, you're waiting a lot on jobs, and when you get that audition nothing's guaranteed and even the job itself is a sounds like a grueling tough time can you can describe be. as best as you can like what makes you love acting and and what keeps you doing it because it's been you know it's been close to 30 years that you've been you've been working through this you, oh good question um there's a there's a relationship communication that happens between people that goes underneath what we are actually saying. And um, <laughs> as actors, we're really, really lucky to know what it is that we're going to say next. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be great, you know, if you got to always know what it is that you were going to say next? And when you get it right, it doesn't look like you knew what you were going to say. It looks like this 
feedback loop that you're entering into with another person. And that's the same as for me, when you're picking up a deadlift and you're not sure if it's going to go, you know what I mean? And the bar bends and you're trying to push the floor away with your feet as best as you can. And then it starts to move and you don't know if you're going to clear your knees, but somehow you do and so on and so forth. It's the same kinetic feeling um, as being engaged as a character in uh, a play or in uh, or on screen when the cameras are whirling and it, everything really like counts and everything really really matters so like that you that is something that you're creating that is very very special and you're sharing it with an audience and that sh that audience if you guys are doing it right is suspending their disbelief and they are judging along with these characters as to whether or not they would do the same thing in that situation and then they get to go forward into their lives and make better choices and that is the beauty for me of being an actor of being in the creative process you really get to change a lot of people for or allow people to uh, uh, change themselves, you know, uh, uh, for the better, to make better choices and so on, right? When we're trainers, we get to affect one person's life, but you affect it so dramatically. Do you know what I mean? Like, and when you're on Arrow, three million people watch you talking to arrow and they're like oh, okay like I've, I've i've seen conversations like this i've been in conversations like this before there's no need to be excuse me that kind of an asshole <laughs> next time i'm in that conversation i'm not going to be that kind of an asshole so you kind of change the world from that point of view does that make sense that was beautifully i i because i've always had a tough time understanding like what makes actors tick like it's the tough job that was beautifully explained man thank you thank you thanks for asking it's something that uh you know you kind of have to think about like what is it that we're actually doing you know yeah i guess also with like how tough it can be it's like sometimes you have to sit down and be like why am i really doing this and like i really kind of love how you have this like altruistic motive about impact that's not about the fame or money although all that's nice the big thing is like making that impact is the big motivator well yeah and like i said man like i i wouldn't consider myself famous and uh, by any stretch of the imagination and uh when it comes to money like i haven't had a job in a month or two now so it's kind of running out so if anyone out there has a job for me i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> there's a beer drinking personal trainer who needs an acting job <laughs> there's the, there's gotta be a role somewhere for that nowadays i'm sure i'm sure there is one yeah uh i, I don't want yeah i don't want to get too long in the tooth about it you know what i mean like really it, it can just be fun too you know yeah. like, uh, but so can you know, being a, a, a trainer, like being a trainer can really, really be a lot of fun. Like some people are, are just a joy to train some people. Yeah. And when, when people get great at something, it's just like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, when you <clears throat> rehab that torn Achilles or, uh, you know, the, 
torn meniscus or broken rib or whatever i whatever's broken on me lately you know what i mean it's like uh um, it, it gives you like a tremendous sense of like empowerment they both do it's kind of neat beautiful man kind of, well Emma, go ahead oh sorry pat i was just gonna say kind of tying it in back to the fitness thing so um ryan one of the most amazing things i think is the fact that even um in your like late 40s you're still insanely strong and like insanely fit like oh, it really nice. is a huge motivation like i was going down your instagram and i was like man like you do not see for 40 year old squatting 500 pounds like you uh, do not see that at all so like they're out what, there they're what's out like there. the, what's the key like what's the secret because like when i look at that i'm like i want to be that i want to be like 50 60 70 still training hard still living a great healthy life being able to do all that stuff what's the secret what do i need to do to keep that up that's so awesome man what a good question pat you want to take that one for me <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm not supposed to answer this question <laughs> uh practice be be gentle on yourself be kind to yourself and practice show up yeah. and uh um uh you'll be surprised what the cumulative accomplishment of that provides like when i think about like all the times that i left parties when i was you know in my 20s because i had rugby practice or i had to train for my like I was a bodybuilder, so I was training for a, an event or whatever, you know, like th those sacrifices multiply and you build such momentum from it going down. And I don't want to like claim space as like a strong guy. I'm kind of strong and I'm not a fast guy. I'm kind of fast. I could always kind of put things together in the field better than I could be like really, really strong or really, really fast. But um, uh, the collective effort of all of that and learning, trying to get better and so on and so forth over years is the most important thing. Like showing up is the most important thing. Just like, just, just get there. You know what I mean? Just see what you can do, see what is in the tank, you know? Um, and then if nothing is there and it's consistently nothing, maybe we talk about like what your biological requirements are and so on and so forth. But if there's one thing, it's show up. If there's two, it's like, you know, practice. And well, and Roger, the race is on 48 and 500 pound squat. Let's do it. Able to do it before that. Man, like, <laughs> 500 pounds. Yeah. And honestly, like, oh man, I'm proud of that lift, but like, I don't like, I, I, I swear, I swear I got more in me, man. Like, <laughs> Let's go. Oh, Let's I'm do coming. it. I, I, I could do 550. I swear that day, that day that that belt broke, I was going for 550. It would have been no problem. And then like, once you're at 550, might as well go for six. Yeah. See, we need, we need this actress mentality. I, I'm like, I've caught it like. 380 of like 381 i think would break nice. <laughs> no, no, but like you're amazingly kinetic and powerful with your ollies man i just fucking love watching them it's so good and you've gotten so much better you know and that's it that's all you're doing right you practice get in there practice yep. do it 
you know it's amazing like people like people who are like-minded this is a great thing about like instagram and um you know snapchat and stuff it's just like wow we can we have a resource where we can contact these people and we can you know figure out what it is that works for them and see if it works for you and so on and so forth like all these little frilly things that i never had when i was a kid like i had I, i'd walk up to bodybuilders in the gym and be like Hey, I'm Ryan. Like, what's going on here? You know, what's this? What's this business about? I love to talk to you about it. You know what I mean? And uh, you don't have to do that so much anymore, or you do, but you it's an app. It's an app now. Yeah. So the advantages I think are there. I think that the kids that are, um, uh, you know, in their twenties right now have um like just a, a much greater understanding of physiology and uh, uh, um, uh, like performance um, uh, programming than we ever could like the 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 things that are out there is just unreal <laughs> i I'm almost ashamed to admit the stuff that we were doing when we were kids um, because like now it's like if you're in high school you can google it and these kids they know they know all of this stuff like they know energy systems and yeah. they know like not to uh, uh be training across purposes and so on and so forth and you're in high school and if you like i was 43 when i learned what training across <laughs> my coach was like yeah you're training across purposes i'm like what i just made the biggest rookie move of all time he's like yeah all right i've been making myself slower all this time excellent thank you thank you very much you know what i mean and and kids they don't have to make those mistakes anymore you know what i mean some people still do it and it's not like common knowledge but at the same time the information is there you can find the experts you can so on and so forth right uh it just sort of depends on like how how deep the dive is yeah well well ryan we've taken up a whole bunch of time we're so appreciative Guys, you thank end? you so much. I love having talks like this. Like, uh, uh, I love talking about training and stuff. And yeah. like, my mouth will just go a million miles an hour sometimes. So, uh, I hope I didn't leave you hanging too far. No, no, I can. I really loved these stories, and also it's so cool. Kind of like I love when you go through your day to life. Like, it's so cool that like you're going to set and you go train someone, and just yeah. seeing the purpose. It's kind of the same for both these jobs. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It kind of is, you know. Like, um, uh, it, 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 it's got this, it, it's got this weird kind of meaning to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we're like, we're really, really lucky working in an industry where, or either industry where, um, uh, we, we get to have such a, an impact on people. Um, so it behooves us not to fuck it up. <laughs> Great <laughs> up. Oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, so do you have any socials you want to share for people to check you out to learn more from you? Uh Instagram, Ryan Ginger Official. Um, check out my website, Ryanbooth.ca. I'm on Facebook. If you feel like uh throwing on a follow to any of those, that'd be great. I'll probably follow you back. Um and uh yeah, have a have a look out for Gabby Duran. And have a look out for um, uh, Under Wraps and have a look out for Peacemaker. And there's some irons in the fire as well. And I'll tell you about those next time. <laughs> oh, man. Would love to hear about the next. Well, the next time you're going to be in the Breaking Bad sequel because of the listeners we have. 
yeah either that or i'll be blacklisted because like all the producers in hollywood will be like fuck this kid yeah i love the fly episode that's my favorite one <laughs> this guy doesn't understand anything yeah what a meathead <laughs> totally oh man all right Todd, you have you have anything last things you want to ask or say yeah, last thing, Brian. I know you're a huge movie guy. Obviously, you love film. Right. Play us out. Give us your top five films, and we'll be on our way. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. Okay, are we talking favorite films or, like, best films? Because, like, my wife and I actually had this conversation the other day. It's like, okay, are we talking about, like, the movies that, like, we really love the most or the ones that we, like, like structurally believe to be the best? Give me your favorite I, ones. I think that's more fun. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. like you're trapped on an island. You can only bring five movies. What movies would you come to an island? Okay. Uh, Field of Dreams. Um, Bull Durham. Uh, you, you know, I got to go with like uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I, 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 if, I, if I'm on an island, I'd probably leave Schindler's List alone because yeah. <laughs> that would be depressing yeah. as shit um uh when harry met sally i think because like we all need love and uh rounding out the top five let's go with oh sorcerer's stone oh, harry the potter did not movie. expect that one yeah you know i mean yeah the, you gotta you gotta you gotta give it up for harry potter man like me and my wife can watch that movie over and over. We watch all six over and over again. Oh, I left out Star Wars movies. Oh, I failed. I will you give you one more. I, I throw one more. One Star Wars. Okay, all right. Let's go with uh, Empire, uh, and we'll remove. Uh, did I say Schindler's List? Let's remove Schindler's. No, it's <laughs> we, Saving Private Ryan. We're gonna take out Saving Private Ryan because it's a great, great movie. One of the best of all times. But it might not be the best. Of, we'll watch a little bit of uh, Empire Strikes Back. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> There's other great there Star go. Wars movies. There are. There are. But um, Empire is probably the one that us old guys appreciate the most. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the one I like too. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, well, guys. hey, Ryan, thank you again so much. We're definitely going to have you on again. And it was an absolute pleasure to hear all your stories. Really great time. And more thank you, man. Appreciate it. Pat, great to see you again. We'll, <laughs> we gotta, we, we gotta, uh, we'll bump into each other at the track. Yeah. Running, running our 14, 18, 25 second hundred meters. We'll That's... <laughs> see you there in a flash. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you're young, brag. Brag away, there, <laughs> young guy. With my 25 second interview. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Braggy, oh, brag, brag. Guys, thank you very much. What do I do? I just put leave? Leave? Oh, no, don't worry about it. We'll um, end the recording. Well, anyways, thank you all to the listeners. Be sure to leave a comment, a like, share this video with all your friends and family. And this week, this is Natty News out. Natty News. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Natty News. If you'd like to learn more, be sure to check out our website www.natty.news. As well, check out our Instagram Natty News Podcast and Facebook page Natty News if you want to get a bit more Natty information.